Are you tired of hiding your smile? Maybe it's time to get some help from G4 by Goldpaw. Their talented technicians specialize in creating brand new permanent teeth in just 24 hours. With as few as four titanium implants, you can enjoy a fully customized bridge for your upper and or lower set of teeth. You can have peace of mind knowing that the G4's experienced lab technicians have designed more than 15,000 new smiles. You can have a new smile that looks, feels, and functions just like natural teeth. Patients from all over the world travel to G4 to get their permanent smiles in just 24 hours and change their lives forever. Booking an appointment has never been easier. Simply visit yourteeth.com today and schedule your appointment with G4 by Golpa. Mention this podcast when you book to save $1,000. So what are you waiting for? Get ready to show off your new confident smile with G4 by Golpa. Visit yourteeth.com today and start your journey to a new permanent smile in just 24 hours. G4 by Golpa. Powered by technology. Inspired by patience. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 101. He's Dave Ryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here on this, we'll call it Thursday at some point. Dave and I are recording this on Wednesday night after some more news and signings for the Pittsburgh Steelers, or at least reported signings and things that seem to be close to happening. So, Dave, we keep meeting this way, and it's been a lot of fun uh, as uh, a new uh, linebacker appears to be in the fold here with former Washington Commanders linebacker Cole Holcomb. So another day, another signing for us to discuss. Happy New Year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there, uh, it is. there it is. Happy New Year. And uh, obviously the start of the 2023 NFL League year at 4 o'clock Eastern on Wednesday and we were sitting around thinking, okay, what's what, you know, we're going to get any kind of news here. Well, early in the day, as you mentioned, uh, the Cole Holcomb, uh, uh, agreement, and we'll get to that in a minute here, but, uh, uh, was still been waiting to see about any restricted free agent tenders that the team might have. And lo and behold, 0.000 of them. They chose not to tender any of their four restricted free agents. And those four were James Pierre, JC Hossenauer, uh, wide receiver, Steven Sims. And of course, uh, uh, Jeremy McNichols, the running back. We knew he wasn't going to get one, but, uh, you know, I kind of thought that, you know, one or two of these guys might receive one, but, uh, None of them did. I think the team obviously looked at them. And I, look, you look around the league, too. The Steelers had four of their restricted free agents that they did not restricted, you know, did not tender at, at obviously at any level. 77, I think I counted, league-wide, uh, did not get uh, uh, restricted tendered there. And I think uh, I don't know what the total was of the numbers that did. It's like. I think it was under 20. I think it was something like 15 or 18 or something like that. A bad year to be a restricted free agent. Maybe that's a reflection kind of the of, uh, a little bit of the market as well, too. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't keep up with track those numbers league wide. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. 
I can't remember the last time that the Steelers didn't, you know, if they if they had, uh, which you know they always have at least one or two, you know, restricted free agents. I cannot remember the last time that they did not tender at least one restricted free agent. And man, that's that's a while. I'll have to go back and research that. But I I, I know off the top of my head, I can't remember that now. Just because they didn't uh, tender these guys doesn't mean that they maybe didn't already have a deal back in place with them or something, but officially because they were on that sheet at, uh, after four o'clock that the league released there, they technically became free agents. So, uh, we'll have to see, you know, how many of these guys they get back, if any, uh, and you would think if they do get any of these guys back, they're going to be a lot less than the two point, what was it? Mm-hmm. Six or, uh, two point, $2.7 million uh, rider first refusal tender price. It would, it would be cheaper than that. But uh, that was kind of news in and of itself, right? You know, because I uh, kind of thought that at least a guy like James Pierre, you know, um, uh, might get restricted tendered, but none, not a zilch. Yeah, it is surprising. And I know that the tender amount goes up yearly kind of with the cap, but I wonder if it's getting to a point where that tender amount just kind of becomes tough for these teams that are always sort of cap strapped to begin with to, to take on. And maybe that's market related. I'm not quite sure. You'd have to research it and compare this year across the board RFAs to to past years and see if there's a big you know decrease in the percentage of restricted free agents who were not tendered, but certainly for Pittsburgh. And there's a couple names there too. It's not just, Guys like Jeremy McNichols, it's James Pierre, who, you know, has been up a bit up and down in his career, but has talent. Steven Sims, who was basically this team's starting slot receiver post Chase Claypool trade. And J.C. Hostenauer, who's his team's, was his team's at least backup center. So, um, you know, we'll see if those guys come back. I imagine at least one of those guys will come back on a cheaper one, two year type of deal, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Pierre ends up having to take a two year deal for what the total amount of, 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 uh, you know, uh, first right of first refusal tender was, you know, that would make sense, you know, if, if you mm-hmm. went that way, but, uh, look, I mean, free agencies already, you know, started to slow down significantly at this point. I mean, there'll be a few, I mean, there was a signing just before we got on here, you know, the, uh, the Bengals signing, uh, uh, Orlando Brown jr. Uh, to a pretty, pretty uh, massive deal overall, even though I think I just read is he's, he's still going to be like the 17th highest paid tackle in the league, but, uh, you know, pretty sizable deal. So you're, you're going to continue to see some of these deals they are not going to come as frequent, you know, uh, at this point, but, uh, some of these guys, you know, like these restricted free agents that didn't get tendered, they're going to they're gonna have their hand out for a while, I think, you know? Sure. And right now, Pittsburgh's still pretty, at least appears to be pretty cap-strapped, still waiting for some of the numbers on Ogunjobi and, and Casey. And, of course, the newest, uh, so appears to be the newest Steeler here in linebacker Cole Holcomb. Bright and early on Wednesday, that move announced a team had agreed to terms with Holcomb on a three-year deal. Don't know numbers on that either. Just have to pass a physical, uh, did not finish basically last year with a foot injury. So we got to put that caveat in there. But your initial thoughts here, Dave, on Cole Holcomb, we just talked about yesterday. Once his team lost Spillane, probably going to go after a veteran inside linebacker to some degree. They were in the mix for uh, Leighton Van Der Esch. He went back to Dallas, and that was kind of our clue that, okay, they're going to go find somebody uh, to at least replace what Spillane offered. Well, they did what they had to do, right? You know, get somebody in there that's got some experience. And, 
uh, he looks like a Cole Holcomb. <laughs> uh, for sure. Uh, North Carolina product. What was he? Former fifth, fifth round draft pick. I think, uh, played, uh, I think what do you have? 142 tackles in like 2021, uh, obviously was the start of this past year until he had that foot injury, wore the green dot for them. Uh, I guess we dive right into the tape. I've watched two games on them from last year. I watched the Bears game and I watched the game against the Eagles. And uh, I tell you what, I haven't uh, he that 55. His tape is a lot, a lot you know, more entertaining to watch than the 55 that the uh, just recently just became a, a free agent for <laughs> Poor the, Devin Bush for the Steelers in, 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 in Devin Bush. Uh, the things that, that stuck out to me on tape uh, with him, uh, he's not afraid of contact. He's not afraid of uh, taking on guards and tackles and centers at the line of scrimmage. He, I, I think he does a good job of getting his arms extended and, 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 and trying to fight off uh, those big body players. I think uh, overall, sound from an, an, an assignment standpoint, as far as filling gaps and those kind of things. I think he needs to I think he's I think he probably needs to work on his tackling a little bit. Uh, he can move out in space. I tell you there, uh, sideline to sideline. I think he flows really, really well. He's got some, he's got some burst to him. Uh, he's got the effort factor down in that game against the, uh, the Bears, I mean, there's a play that go. He 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 ends up not making the play, but he goes to one side, you know, chasing, and then you know it breaks way back the other way. Ends up being a long uh, run down the other side of the field. And man, he gets on his horse. Uh, he really does. Uh, he, 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 he was ended up cutting. If the guy didn't run, run the player out of bounds and ended up making the play, he would have been right there to, to at least, you know, make the tackle before the end zone there. So from an effort standpoint, I think he's fine. Once again, uh, I think he plays downhill. Okay. He, he, you will see him against some of these bigger body guys. Um, uh, you know, kind of get swallowed up a time or two and all like that. But I think he does. Uh, a really good job of least trying to take those those bigger body guys on at the second level and try and you know he'll he'll get off his a handful of them as well too in those two games that I watched uh, overall uh, as as far as coverage goes didn't I mean a lot of zone stuff you know mm-hmm. uh, that 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 I saw in that so I I, I didn't see. Uh, too much egregious stuff. I think there was one instance when there was a, a tight end on the over that he kind of lost lost track of uh, in that. So I didn't, you know, I don't really have a good sense of him as far as some some true man stuff. Now, uh, op, some running back option routes, you know, where they come out and uh, choice routes, uh, he can get kind of flat footed in those and kind of you know shook. Uh, did, did see some instances, uh, of, of, of that, but, uh, and I, you know, we don't know what, what they've paid him yet and all, but I, I didn't come away disgusted from his tape and supposedly the game against the, the, the Eagles, uh, of, I picked out the best graded game on pro football focus and then the worst graded one. I believe the, the Eagles one was the one that was the worst, had the worst grade. Uh, I, I didn't come away from either of those two games really feeling disgusted here. 
You know, uh, mm-hmm. once once again, I think he can move uh, out in space. I think he flows sideline to sideline pretty good. I mean, you see him fight off some blocks, and I think he his recognition his recognition probably at times a tick slow. Uh, just just finding where the ball carrier is or which way you know plays develop and all like that. But I I didn't come away disgusted from you know by watching this tape at all. And you know, like I said, I've watched two games of, them. and uh, hopefully you watched two different ones. Yeah, I'm two games in, two different ones. I did Packers and Titans, kind of different offenses. I wanted to see more of one offense that ran through the quarterback and an offense that ran through the running back in the ground game, just to kind of see how that looked. Um, his tape is fine. Like, I just in a word, I think it's fine. <laughs> Where I, I figured we were going to be down this road again with yet another veteran free agent linebacker, off-ball type guy that we'll see if this one works this time, but that's not Holcomb's fault. Obviously, he's you know the past history is not indicative of what could happen in the future. Um, he came out as a real good athlete, like a really top tier nine plus RAS score type athlete ran the four or fives. That's some really good numbers in testing at a North Carolina. You see that open field speed run and chase player, good pursuit. He can run sideline to sideline. Of course, being a good athlete, being a good, a good cover guy, they're two different skills and, and skill sets overall. I think though, it's hard to be a good coverage linebacker in the NFL. There's probably maybe a half dozen actually true good coverage linebackers with all the space and all the concepts and all the great athletes you're defending. That's a hard place to be in Pittsburgh. It's especially demanding. So I thought on tape, his coverage was average, as you said, better zone. I did see him cover a good angle route uh, out of the backfield on Aaron Jones against Green Bay, though Jones slipped a bit. So that, that helped poke him. I thought, you know, run defense, I think a C to do is fine. I think he's able to shoot gaps, anticipate pretty well. Um, he does have some block shed ability. Uh, not always. He does get engulfed. He's a little bit on the smaller, leaner side. So there's a concern about him getting stuck on blocks. I think all around, he's fine. I don't know what he does best, what he does especially well. Um, probably a good communicator, probably a smart guy. Wore the green dot uh, for Washington. Was in every snap, all situations type of guy. And so, you know, on paper, that all looks good. I just worry a little bit that, and again, I understand, you know, the history is not indicative of the future, but is this another John Bostick? Bostick was actually a pretty good athlete coming out of college. And he was a every down guy for the Colts before Pittsburgh signed him about the same age, 27 years old. And we all know how Bostick, you know, worked out. It, it, it simply did not. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what exactly this says for the future of the position. Again, I'm not surprised to see a veteran come in when you lose Spillane. They wanted to add and give themselves some depth going into the draft. Um, I think Holcomb's a, a fine player, but not somebody that I'm super, you know, wowed about watching on tape, although I do have more to watch. Here's something for you just coming in. We just talked about Orlando Brown Jr. Coming back to the uh, AFC North. Uh, Jeremy Fowler reports that among the teams that showed interest in Orlando Brown, per agent Michael Portner, the Steelers and Jets. Okay. Uh, the Bengals put the deal over the top with strong guarantees over long term. Well, that's uh, that's news I didn't expect to come in here. Um, I don't know exactly you know what interest means and how close they were to something, but all right, uh, Pittsburgh trying to take a big swing there, and obviously Brown choosing another AFC North team. Yeah, uh, and once again, you know, yeah, the deal according to. Ian Rappaport, the deal that Brown took with the 
Bengals, four-year deal gets 67.8% of the 64.092 million fully guaranteed with 42.3 million through year two and 49.9 million through year three. By that point, he'll be ready for the next deal. Uh, Ian Rappaport uh, reports there. So uh, 42.3 million and let's see, 67.87% of that. Uh, you know, that, that, that's a, that's definitely more than the first year money, uh, on that. What was the signing bonus on that? Didn't somebody like have the 31 million? I said a record uh, number for an offensive lineman. Right. Okay. So, uh, you know, once, you know, once again, the Steelers generally, unless it's a top of the market players stay away from guaranteeing outside that first year money. So, uh, they, 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 they probably weren't in contention, especially when a team like, and look, it's, it's kind of surprising that the Bengals did this too. Right. Cause normally mm-hmm. the Bengals and the Packers were those two other teams that have had the history of not liking to guarantee, guarantee money past the first year of a deal. So, right. uh, how close were this, how close were the Steelers? <laughs> Who knows? Will we ever know? But, uh, reportedly according to Fowler, at least they made the effort. All right, we took a pause there, Dave and I, just to write that story up, and I'm just kind of thinking about it some more. Again, we're not going to really know for sure how much interest Pittsburgh truly showed. I wonder if their calculation was, all right, you know, Brown's market seems to be a bit cooler than people think. He's kind of sat there for a little bit. I wonder maybe if there's something going on and and we can try to swoop in and get him on a cheaper deal than we initially thought. So maybe that was Pittsburgh's calculation of, hey, this guy's still there. Let's take a look and see what his situation is. Yeah, I would imagine never hurts to call, right? Right. So you know, and once yeah, again, I, I I think uh, I think it was uh, Rappaport or one of these guys reported that seventeenth seventeenth uh, overall tackle in mm-hmm. earnings. So that's that's obviously on down the list. For what, what did I what, what did I say the number was again? Sixty what? On the overall number? Yeah, on the overall. Let me- just pull it up here to, to confirm 64.092 million on four year deal. All right. So that works out to 16, a little over 16 million per. Yeah. And again, a lot of guaranteed. Looks like a lot of upfront money, big signing bonus, things that I guess Pittsburgh didn't want to really try to do. Obviously, had they signed him, he would have been the left tackle. That means Dan Morse going to the bench. So the question is, was this a situation of Pittsburgh trying to be opportunistic and saying, hey, this guy's out here? Let's take a look, or or is there a thought we really want to replace Dan Moore? I tend to think it's a bit more of the former, but obviously, again, if a top tackle does slide, a Broderick Jones in particular, that's something you really got to consider. Yeah, I think options are on the table here. You know, I, I, you know, as, as the company line is, we'll we'll do what we think we need to do to try to upgrade the team at any position. So. You know, once again, we don't know what they offer. Were they in there at at, at sixteen million, but not the guarantee? Were they in? Were they in there at, to trying to steal them at thirteen million? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or was it even an offer? Was it just checking yeah. in and getting an idea of what he what he was looking for? Yeah, uh, and and we'll you know unless somebody asks directly, or uh, we'll probably never ever ever know. But uh, yeah, I think you got to trust the Fowler Fowler report. I, I wouldn't see why why he put something out there you know, with just two teams, you know, b- b- being listed in there like that. But, uh, uh, 
And it's from his agent, right? This is like not just Fowler yeah. saying source, it's saying per yeah. his agent. So I, I, I trust this is definitely true. Yeah. So uh, what does it what does it mean moving forward? <laughs> what does uh, it mean? What does it mean? Uh, I mean, look, uh, they, they, they've, they've got them uh, themselves, uh, you know, a guard already in free agency. Right. So uh, I don't think I mean, this team doesn't really have anything at tackle depth right now. So uh, until they do something. Uh, I think tackle either in free agency here, or uh, I don't think it would be the magnitude of, of, of Orlando Brown Jr., but, uh, you know, some sort of tackle or you, you address that in, in, in the draft. I haven't looked at a list of names of tackles who are available. I don't know if there are really any clear starting caliber guys left. I don't think there are. So at best you're talking competition or you're just kind of looking at more depth, but obviously the draft could present something. So again, we talked about all all year. If you're going to fix something on the O line, it's left guard. It's the left side, and so you got a left guard or at least strong competition for Kevin Dotson and uh, Nate Herbig. And then you're looking at Orlando Brown, and we'll look at the draft as well. And you know, heck, just I know we're getting over our skis here, but if a Broderick Jones is sitting there and you're at pick 14, do you trade up a couple spots and try to take him? You know that you can't rule that out either. So right. you know, there's a, there's a lot going on here. Right. That was some news we didn't expect. We need to get on these podcasts more often like this, maybe. Get, get, get some news circulating in here. Yeah, right. that is the rule. All right, where 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 were we at? We were talking about... <laughs> where uh, were we at? Yeah. yeah. Cole Holcomb. That's, that's yeah. a, it's a drop-off a little bit from that to, to Cole Holcomb. But again, you know, fine player, I think. No real weaknesses. I don't see any major mega strengths to his game. I think he's a good, again, athlete in the open space. I do see the hit power. I, in the tape that I watched, I thought his tackling was good, but maybe you saw something else in the other games there. I, I just think he can bring his feet with him, uh, you know, a couple, you know, a, a little bit better on a couple of those plays. One of those times, I think he had fields uh, uh, in the backfield and should him, and and he got free from him there. So, uh, you know, just minor stuff. It's not it's not mm-hmm. egregious, but it just okay. one thing in my notes is said maybe he can work on his tackle a little bit there. But okay. uh, he's gotcha. got some, he's uh, look he's got some pop. He can get out to the edge and. Uh, you know, out out in space, he'll pop you along the mm-hmm. sideline. He'll pop you. Uh, so I, yeah, uh, he's got the want to, you know that. There's no question about that. And then another thing I kind of look for because he played so many snaps. Now he was pulled out of that game late against the Eagles. Uh, they they were getting blown out pretty bad in that one. So maybe that's why they got him off the field there for the last I don't know six five six snaps or whatnot. Uh, I I never uh, one thing I try to watch for is, is to see if I can see any kind of fatigue. You know, do I see any difference in in the start of the game and late late in the game? And seemed to bring the same energy and all like that throughout the game uh, as well too. Highly seems to be highly conditioned. And and you know one thing after watching Devin Bush. You know, all the, these last couple of years, you know, I really look for uh, the want to when it comes on, come comes to taking on these centers and guards and tackles and all like that. And uh, he's he's usually coming forward and he's he gets those arms out there. Now, his arms, I think, are just a tad shorter than than Bush's. What what was he like? Thirty one and five eights or something like that. Holcomb, uh, yes. Uh, and Devin was what, like thirty two or something. I would have to look. I don't know for sure. Probably similar. That's going to drive me crazy now if I don't look that up. Oh, let's see who can do that first. 32. 
according to mock draft. Okay, thirty-two. So I was right on it there. Thirty. So just a just a tad shorter arm. He uses his a lot better. I'll tell you that. Uh, what what's the difference in their wingspans? Do you know? Uh, let's see. Holcomb seventy-six and a quarter. And I go back to the internet here for if I can find his wingspan for Bush. It says seventy-six and a half. So, so almost just a, identical. Yeah, quarter inch uh, difference there. And uh, Holcomb, at least I know at the combine or you know when coming out, weighed a little bit more than Devin. And yeah, Dev, Holcomb Dev, too. Devin obviously I think ran faster. Uh, a little bit. I mean, Holcomb ran a four five one, which is still a great time. Devin came in at two thirty. Four Holcomb two thirty one. So they're I mean Holcomb's a little taller, but they're pretty similar okay. in terms of uh, overall profile. All right, uh, and and the RRA the RAS on Holcomb looked looked good and all like that. Uh, there was one instance in the Eagles game where I think there was a uh, a screen over to the right side, uh, and he kind of over over you know over pursued and couldn't stop his feet fast enough and got cut back inside on him. Maybe that played a part in that bad grade uh, that, that PFF gave him over there. But once again, the two games that I watched, which were supposedly his best and his worst overall grades, uh, I, it was negligible really on, on my part. And once again, I, I didn't come away with my nose turned up. I, I actually enjoyed watching the tape, to be honest with okay. you. It's funny you mentioned that I did see in the Packers game, it was a little swing pass to the flat and he overran it. He didn't play inside out. So he might have a bit of a tendency to not take the best angle to the football right. in some of those space plays. But again, I got to watch why just, and I, and I, again, I'm not bashing the signing. It's a three-year deal. And so that's kind of a commitment to it. Then your typical two year, two years, kind of that two year deals are one year deals, you know, three year deals are kind of like, we think you're going to be here for a little bit, but is he going to go in the scrap heap? Like, Oh, who all is it? Mark Barron and John Bostick and Avery Williamson and Joe Schobert and Miles Jack after this year, if he makes it that far. And it's just come on down and out the door you go. And it's just, all right, at some point, draft invest. You say you're built through the draft. You don't really try to build through the draft at that position. Yeah, Devin Bush, you missed there. But that's just one guy. There's a long list of off-ball linebackers, veteran types that really haven't worked out the way that you hope that they would. So I I don't want to, my, my, my very clever not clever title was Cole Holcomb I'm ready to get hurt again I'm ready to say yes this guy can be the guy and I said that about Bostic and we we're excited about Baron and et cetera, et cetera. And, and here we are uh here's the thing about him went back and looked uh obviously I think he's been a starter the last two years there uh I went back and looked at 2020 and 2019 as far as special team stuff uh he had two tackles uh in Two special teams tackles in 2020, but in 2019, he had uh, four of them. And I think all six of these were him solo variety. So, not, you know, not, not uh, in other words, not, not assist generated type uh, things there. So he's obviously got a background in special teams. I think going back to his time in North Carolina early in his career, he played some special teams. So I guess what I'm, what I'm getting at is should you upgrade the position, let's say through the draft or something, uh, uh, into his you know second, third year, this, this should be a guy that I would think would be able to hang around as a backup and, and contribute on special teams. Yeah, on a three-year deal, though, that's kind of like we want you to start here for a little bit type money. So let's just say they draft an inside linebacker high. 
And if they were to keep Miles Jack, and I'm kind of throwing some hypotheticals and some, you know, what if scenarios, but how does this work? You got Robinson, who you want to take a good look at in year two. You got Jack that you're, you know, you're paying good money to. You sign Holcomb, trying to figure out exactly what they're trying to look for from the room here. Well, here, here's the thing. Jack's only under contract for this season, right? Sure. Yeah, I'm just talking about 23 right now. Because if you draft okay. somebody, say, in the second round, you want that guy sitting this rookie year? Well, you want to try to develop him as fast as possible, but you need a you need a safety valve too, and 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 I think I think that's what uh, that's what Holcomb is here. Uh, I think initially the plan is right now ahead of the draft because look, you want to cover your bet. You not you you might not get the guy that you want. Sure, you know? I understand, but it's a three year deal, and that, I mean, sure. it's a two year deal. Like it's a little different commitment level. Kind of Mason Cole was a three year deal. You know, James well, Daniel we have three year deal. Yeah, but we're speculating about something we don't know. What if it's a what if it's a three-year, $12 million deal, you know? Yeah, but still, I mean, is he gonna is he gonna be a week one starter? Probably. I think so. Yeah, at least at least sitting here on March 15th, I, I would think so. I think even if they were to draft a guy, he's still probably gonna start. You're gonna sign this sure. guy and, and, and be a backup. I don't sure. think that's the case. No, no, I'm I'm talking about past this year. Yeah, yeah. Past this year, you know, it's it's all wide open. Um, no, just, and, and that's what I'm getting at. You, you know, should it should it come to the point past this year where you you drafted a guy, you developed him, you're ready for him to start in year two. Uh, but but look, I mean, Miles Jack might not be with his team past this year, so you're still going to need another linebacker to play 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 beside the young kid that you drafted. Right. I guess what I'm asking is, does this decrease the chances at all of this team taking an inside linebacker this I don't, year? I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. Because, look, you uh, going out of the room are, are, are uh, Devin Bush and, and Marcus Allen, right? Right. Yeah. So, uh, and, and Mark Robinson, you still want to see what's there. But right. he's, my, my, played, he's played, what, 20-something snaps and all. So I don't think you can you can – you can tie yourself to that uh, just yet. So, right. you know, my my thought now is, you know, you obviously, and you, I, then you got to look past this year on top of it too, where Miles Jack might not be in this room next year. So, uh, Holcomb gives you a bridge to to that. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't think Miles Jack will be a Steeler in twenty four. He may not be one by the time Week one twenty three rolls around. For all we know, but let, let's just let me put this scenario out to you. Let's say they draft Jack Campbell at. 32 or 49 who's starting week one and who's starting in week eight and you know week 16 i mean well, that's that's quite a bit of throw, throw okay well at least week one out. look Just, if you if you spend uh, you know uh upwards of a second round draft pick on a linebacker you're going to want to get him on the field as soon as possible that's my point so you got holcomb who's going to start week week one we assume based on on the year we don't know the number but based on the contract you you would assume that draft pick is playing sooner than later you got jack there and you got Robinson, who you know has not played a ton of football, but obviously want to get a good look at him. So I'm just saying, my point is, I wonder if it does decrease those odds a bit, just because you got three guys that you're you're trying to play on this roster. Okay, and but you know, I think the contract will help us decide a little bit more on that, right? Oh yeah, I mean, once you get numbers, and you know, if it's if it's three million per year, for example, then it tells you one thing. If it's six million per year, it tells you something else. So, and the structure of the deal is going to matter too. I don't know. I'm just kind of been battling that thought around. I don't really have a conclusion on what's going to happen. I really hope they draft the inside linebacker high. I want them to, to do that. I know maybe this class is not the best, but there are going to be names there, whether you're talking Trent Simpson or Drew Sanders or Jack Campbell or, you know, Henley from Washington State. There's going to be some names there. So 
And I'm just kind of having this internal debate with myself. Here's the thing. I'll leave it at this at this point in the offseason right now. I think they will draft an inside linebacker somewhere. Okay. At any point, you're saying like at any point, seventh round, first round. Somewhere. Right. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, if you're talking like a fourth round guy or a late round guy, then, you know, that you, you can do that and you need some depth or you need some special teams play. And that's possible. I just wonder if there's an impact there because if you hypothetically draft Campbell in the second round, you, know, you keep Jack and you have Holcomb and you have Robinson that division of labor, you're not quite sure. But just to, to counter myself again, I'm kind of presenting this internal struggle and putting it upon you. Don't bypass a good player that you think can become an all pro. <laughs> a- absolutely. And this is a Pittsburgh thing where you get the veteran now, so you don't feel obligated to do so. This is like Mitch Trubisky or Morgan Burnett or those type of guys. So you're not put in that corner on draft day saying we got to get this position because we don't got a lot there that we trust or we like right now. So um, that's a very Steelers thing to do. Uh, look, it, it, it's not like you're going to probably have 12 names circled, you know, uh, at, at the inside off the ball linebacker position. I would think, though, that there's probably three or four maybe that they 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 obviously would like. And especially if a couple of those are 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 early, uh, if that's the best player on the board, you take them. Sure. And the good news is you feel like there's some options right now. There's no direction. You feel like you have to go again. We'll see how the rest of free agency looks and who all ends up being retained and who else may come in. And there's positions that you certainly really feel like you want to address defensive line, cornerback, still for me, inside linebacker, offensive line, et cetera, but nothing you feel like you need right now. When you bring in a Herbig, you sign Peterson to replace Sutton, you sign Holcomb to essentially replace Spillane and be a better athlete overall. So I understand the direction they're going. Now, now, look, once again, once we see the money and we know nothing about this Holcomb deal yet, I mean, even though it's a three-year deal in length, what if, it, what if, the, what if the first-year money's like, I don't know, six and a half million uh, uh, cash, you know, for, for uh, in total for 2023? I mean, you could probably easily get out from underneath that deal should you need to even after the second year. So, mm-hmm. not, you know, uh, I wouldn't – I mean, you don't go into it with the intentions of that. I think on a, on a three-year deal, uh, deal such as this, you're at least going to want to get two years out of the player, you know, and, right. and, and potentially three. But uh, I think I think uh, a week from now when we're talking about this, we'll and we know that now this isn't going to be a monster deal for Hulk. No, you know? no, uh, it's probably what do you think it is? Four and a half, five million. It and I, long I, got two I, years, I, eleven. I would think it'd come in under I tell you what, it's not gonna be Miles Jack eight million dollars per year. No, no. <laughs> uh how much under? I was thinking about the I, the number I have is between twelve and fourteen million for three years. Okay, so you're saying that's three, what's in my head. Three, three and a half, or excuse me, four, four and a half per year. Yes. Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah, we'll get the numbers from on watching that. is from watching two games and 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 researching and all. That's where I can't come in on him. Yeah, I know because Van Der Esch, in, if it comes in cheaper than that, oh boy, good good for you. Yeah, right. Van Der Esch went two years, eleven to Dallas, right? Yeah, but we don't. Do we know incentives and all? I mean, are, are there not it's a likely pretty to be- team friendly? I don't know how many incentives there were. I'm just trying to get a baseline structure. Pittsburgh was out on that, and I understand incentives, so it, it's going to be under that, I would think. Well, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm again, I'm debating with myself here, but if it's five and a half for Van Der Esch, then you're probably looking at like four and a half for Holcomb, I think. And that that's basically what I said between four, yeah. four and a half, right around in there. Yeah, I'm just kind of working out in my head right now. Um, 
All right. So. Okay. Let, let's say it was, uh, let, let's say that the, the total value, uh, let's see, what's four and a half times three. Oh man. Making me do math here. Okay. Super late. 13, 13 and, a and a half. Yep. All right. Uh, you're probably going to give him, I don't know about all, uh, about, uh, 7 million at max in, 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 in 2023 as part of that. Yeah, if it was like high on the high end, if it's seven million on a thirteen and a half overall across three years, maybe that's what it took to get him the ink for three years. You know? Yeah. Well, I just have to wait and see. I really, you know, couldn't tell you with super confidence what that. But I'm saying be. Uh, that's what I foresee as being the high side. You know, it okay. might very well yeah. be. It might very well be more in the forty-two percent range of the total value of the of the deal up front there. But uh, let's say it's uh, let's say it's uh, let's say it's six million. Uh, it you know, would signing bonus in first year base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it could be. We'll just have to wait and see. I just hope it's not another one of those things where after one year saying, all right, what else do we got? What else can we do to, to upgrade the position? You know, because you've been down this path so much. It just feels like, is this John Bostic 2.0? Okay. But I don't know. I mean, I think he's, you know, there's a couple of attractive traits, but I just really want them to draft a guy. Not that a draft is a guarantee of it, but just go try that path. Go to that path again on a high pick as opposed to these uh, veteran types. And here's another key point to it. You got a guy that's used to wearing a green dot, you know? Right. And that was kind of a struggle last year because you didn't really have a three down guy. Spillane would, you know, kind of became that guy late in the year, but you know, we kind of had a rotation there with him and Miles Jack who talked about he didn't like wearing the green dot and Devin Bush really probably didn't trust him to to do that. So um, hopefully Holcomb can, can be that guy. All right. All right, give us an update here on Larry Ogunjobi's contract. I know we're still waiting on more specific numbers, but I think we had a couple more pieces of information on, on his deal today. So Ogunjobi, just kind of a general gauge of, of the cap situation. Yeah, look, uh, 28 is still the, the, the total of the deals being reported at $28.75 million over three years for Ogunjobi. We, we had already had at least a report from Adam Schefter that the uh, two-year take on this was 21.75, and then Tom Perros, Pep, Pep, Pelicero came out uh, uh, Wednesday afternoon and claims that 17 million is guaranteed. Now, you throw that word guaranteed out and you automatically think fully guaranteed. We'll see. Uh, is that 17 million, uh, you know, uh, in full, you know, how much of that 17 is really fully guaranteed? I'm going to, uh, you know, I don't know uh, for sure, obviously. But it, I won't be surprised if that seventeen million includes second year base salary being guaranteed for injury or skill. Okay, so okay. in other words, I, I I I think there's a good chance that you know technically, like only let's say eleven million of this is fully guaranteed. Uh, signing bonus and 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 and, and first year salary. Uh, once again, as I, I think I said last night, this is going to look a lot very similar to the Chukwuma Okorafor uh, 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 contract. Here's the way, based on those numbers that are out there right now, I envision him getting about a nine point seven five million dollar signing bonus in this deal, a first year base salary of one point two five million. Uh, and that would give him $11 million in 2023 and then make his cap hit 4.5 million. Okay. Okay. 
And I got a second year to, to get this to 21.75 over two years, like Schefter reported. Uh, I give him a base salary of 6.75 million and a March roster bonus of 4 million. And I try to finagle the numbers to make that base salary. Maybe he ends up being a $7 million base because, uh, or an, uh, an eight million. Anyway, I tried to get that thing to where it would be 17 if you took his first year cash flow and his second year base salary. And then whatever's left over is the roster bonus, but still getting uh, the, 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 the year two cash flow up to 21.75. My math still works. It's probably just not going to be exact the way this deal is, but I'm, I'm willing to bet it's fairly close. I will be surprised if there's not a roster bonus of three or four million in 2024. But I, long and short of it, I would look for a cap charge somewhere between four and five million on Larry Ogan Joby, and I have it coming in right at right in between at 4.5 million. And that would mean after roster displacement that you use 3.63 million dollars in cap space to get him back for 2023. Okay. And then and so when you, you when you look at the other deals that are out there right now, I, I you know we don't know anything about the Casey deal. We obviously don't know anything about the uh, the Holcomb deal. I would imagine they're right up against it right now. Yeah, it seems to be, and that's probably one reason why they didn't tender anybody too. I know that's well, you can make it work. I mean, if you want a guy, you clear the space with a restructure and you do it. Sure. That's the other thing. We've yet to hear about any restructures. Now they we could wake up tomorrow and there be a report the team is restructured you know, TJ water, whatever. So, uh, and obviously if they would have done something with Orlando Brown junior, <laughs> and here's the other thing too, are we going to see, you know, because the Steelers announced that they're going to introduce these new signings to the media on, on, on Thursday. That means they're run them through their physicals and get them to sign the dotted line and then march them into the room. Once, once the ink dries on those contracts, are we going to see a deletion, you know? Yeah, I mean they're going to have to create cap space real soon, or something. They gotta, if they want to do anything else here, they got to either cut somebody, restructure somebody. There really isn't a whole lot of time. Time, I don't think, for them to to wait. So I don't know what course that's going to be. If it'll be maybe multiple avenues, um, but we're talking deletions, talking potential cuts. You're really at two names right now. You're at a Keller Witherspoon. You're at Miles Jack. So you assign a Holcomb and, and release Jack in in one move there, or do you? Does Akella become the odd man out and as you get Patrick Peterson in the mix and maybe bring back James Pierre on something cheap? So we'll have to, to wait and see. Man, I, at, at this point, the way, you know, not not the way that inside linebacker room looks right now, do you want to let go of Miles Jack right now? Yeah, I mean, if you signed Holcomb because you feel like the room was kind of thin, you wanted to have some options, it would be kind of counterintuitive to sign right. or to uh, to release Jack. Maybe if you draft somebody, you draft the Jack Gamble, maybe that's when Miles Jack gets to Heatho come come April, but you know, if you, but if you cut a Kella, I mean, how much space are you saving a couple million, but you're still probably gonna have to do, do a, a restructure pretty soon. Right. But I mean, look, you could, assuming you got it, there's not going to, I wouldn't think there's going to be sizable deals from here. There's going to be quite a few of these guys re-signed. I think at this point to veteran, veteran, uh, uh, veteran benefit deals. And those things barely eat up any cap space. Once, once uh displacement takes place. You know? Yeah, but again, this team had some interest in Orlando Brown that we didn't know about. And so is there something sure. else coming that we don't we don't know about? And again, even if you cut if you cut Akella, to talk about the, the lack of depth at inside linebacker, you cut Akella, Pierre's not been resigned. Who are your corners right now? You got Levi Wallace, Peterson, and who else? You know, Millette in the slot. It's getting there. That that looks thin too. Sure. Unless you know that you're gonna be able to get uh, Pierre back on a two year deal right. for two point six or something like that, you know. 
but I mean, look, I, I don't be shocked that there's some deletion, a deletion or two on Thursday or Friday. I got you. Um, and I guess the one caveat on, I would, I would, I, I, I don't think a would, I mean, Akella would be my first choice. Okay. It's that, that's a fair one. Um, just one last point on Holcomb, considering he had that foot injury, I guess that, you know, everyone has to take a physical, but kind of double check that one, make sure that foot's okay. Considering that you got Larry Ogunjobi last year, cause he failed a physical with Chicago with a foot. So just something to note there. Sure. All right, Dave, what else do we got here? Pro we days. Tell them about the pro, pro days. days. Yeah, busy day here with the Pittsburgh and, and, and a pre-draft visitor. And one I'm very excited about, pre-draft visitor. But starting with the pro days after being at Clemson yesterday, Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, Terrell Austin at uh, Georgia today, along with uh, a large chunk of the NFL. And so you're talking about their top guys there. And Jalen Carter reportedly uh, did not have a good workout. Some of the clips looked a little rough. He was nine pounds uh, overweight or nine pounds heavier than what he was at this year's combine. Uh, some other guys to discuss tight end Darnell Washington, cornerback Keely Ringo, uh, safety Christopher Smith. I love his tape. Just worry about you know the lack of size and athleticism, the way that he tested uh, Nolan Smith. You know just all those all those Georgia guys down there. So. Uh, that's where Mike Tomlin was at. I imagine there were pro day dinners that I have not looked into if they, uh, if we know any of those names, but I imagine Tomlin was dining on Tuesday night. Right. And there's no really significant pro days. I don't think on Thursday and today was today's uh, today was Mike Tomlin's birthday. I bet he's, I bet he's ready to go back home uh, for the weekend here. Yeah, but what we'll, pro days are tomorrow. There's, there's, uh, a, there's a long check. Uh, any I think big George, ones, though. yeah, there's that's why I said they're not significant ones, right? Yeah, you know, uh, and what else? Do, what else? Who, who else? I, I thought I saw Dan Rooney Jr., but I'm not for sure at Georgia, but I just I'm gonna have to go back. I recorded that one on on uh on the DVR. I'm gonna have to go back through that one and watch again and see if I can pick out. Uh, uh, I thought I saw Dan Rooney Jr., I did not okay. see uh, uh, Dunbar though, there. I never saw him at Clemson, but apparently he was there. Right. Um, I never maybe, saw him at, at Georgia either. Maybe he needs to sit in a chair somewhere. I don't know, but uh, yeah. I, I I didn't pick him up. I didn't see him there. That doesn't mean he wasn't there, but sure. Um. Yeah. Pro days tomorrow. Nothing huge. Georgia Tech seems to be the biggest one. Tulane's got that inside linebacker there. I did see that. Um. I don't know if it's being held at the school or somewhere else, but Incarnate Word, their quarterback, Lindsey Scott, is going to be a Steelers rep there. And so that's one of the really kind of interesting. Oh, what about in Eastern Michigan on that list? Yes, Eastern Michigan. So you're talking about like Jose Ramirez? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll see if um, if if anyone's there. Probably somebody ends up trying to show up there. So what else here for Wednesday at the Pro Day? It's just uh, I did not see Pat Meyer at Minnesota. I'm trying to exhaust every option. For, for uh Pat Meyer, but I'm like ninety five percent sure he was not at Minnesota today. And and it was uh uh who who was there? Uh Mark Bruner. Bruner, Bruner, yeah. Yeah, they're and, changing and, locations yeah. on these guys because Bruner was the West guy. Them. Yeah. And did you tell the folks about Mitchell coming in? Uh uh Schmidt coming in? Yeah, John Michael Schmitz, uh, again, Pat Meyer did not appear to be there, but it looks like he's uh, John Michael Schmitz, the uh, senator there from Minnesota, is going to come in for a, a pre-jet visit. And so that's uh, bringing me some hope here because I was thought after the Herbig signing, yeah, maybe they don't go with an interior guy that high, but uh, he's going to come in for a visit. And we know the correlation and connection between top 30 visits and guys who become Steelers. So my dream 
remains alive. All right. Good deal. What else do we have to tell the people that, that got it? Uh, let's see. Your other pro days. Yeah, I couldn't see any other positional coaches today. I'm going to go take one last pass tonight. Mark Sadowski was out west for UCLA. I'm thinking about they're going to take like Dorian Thompson Robinson in the seventh round just to, just to make me mad. But mm. uh, I, I could see that happening. All right. Uh, we'll be back when we'll be back. We'll see if there's anything to kind of pass along to the people tomorrow night. If not, then we'll be back up, up and at it again, maybe on Friday morning or something like that. So uh, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, the Terrible Podcast at gmail.com. We've got film rooms up on the site of, of all these guys. I think we're all caught up on 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 that right now. Uh, as soon as these contracts, uh, remaining contracts are known, I'll get those details up on the site as soon as possible and provide a full salary cap update uh, as close to real time as, as we can do it. So uh, if you like what we do, want to donate to the cause, go to studiosdepot.com, hit the donate button. Also, if you'd like an ad-free version of the site, go to studiosdepot.com, hit the ad-free button upright navigational bar and follow the directions that way as well too. So uh, until the next time, as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.